that's exactly what I'm talking about is that people like that were, um, you know, they, they were alienated and they found things like Chapo and then they're like, well, I want to do something about it. And then they join, you know, they join these political formations that they're certain, they're certainly busy, but they're not, uh, they're not actually doing anything. So it's like the coping industrial complex. Yeah. That's what everything is right now. I I think that's what like mutual aid is, right? Is this idea that we can, we just have to like, uh, we have to do something right as the world's yeah. burning and it gives people this false sense of like control in a world that is, they have less and less control over all the time. Yeah. It reminds me of that, uh, that Seattle DSA resolution that just passed about they're going to start a reparations fund for, um, for black folk in Seattle. I don't know if you saw that, but yeah, I think you sent that to me. What, like, what does that even mean? What are they, what is, well, it means that the, the members in that chapter are going to start pooling money into a fund that they're going to redistribute to, um, to colonized folks in Seattle. So they're just going to like basically give people a stipend. Yeah. And so they're ba- what's okay. So what are they even basing it on your, your skin well, color? That, that That's what, uh, that's <laughs> one of the, one of the things to be determined is oh like, God. You know, so how, what if how are you going to, how are you going to uh, determine who's eligible to receive the stipend? So what if I'm, what if I'm half black? Do I get half a stipend? What if, what if a Rachel Dolezal or Sean King type enters the group and is like pretending to be a race that they're not? How do they sniff out the the uh, the people who are are faking their race? Yeah, (laughs) this is like the road that people go down. It's so bad. Or people who aren't politically black. You yeah know, right. What if, what, if a, what if a conservative transphobic like, you know, church pastor shows up? Yeah, and is like, I'm I'm gonna use this to like, you know, I'm gonna use this money to to buy up some buildings and like, or like a or like a rich a rich black person just shows up and is like, well, I'm black. You gotta yeah. give. Not that they would do that, but they probably have better ways to spend their time, and make money. But I mean. The I guess like the bottom line is like they have to do means testing for this well, that, fund that they've set up. But that's and that's secondary, and this is like related to the whole mutual aid thing. Is that it's secondary to the idea that you know the the members of the DSA as PMC or as middle class as they may be, they are not the state, and they're not billionaires. And redistribution needs to happen from the very highest level. And not among, not among people who are in like you know whether it's whether they are like let's indulge the idea that they're like they're they're all workers in that chapter, you know if it's if it's all workers in that chapter and we're saying like well poor people need to redistribute their funds to to melanated workers, melanated poor people yeah uh, that's that's bullshit like and that's that's what mutual aid is about if you're indulging the idea that mutual aid really is about, you know, this, this idea of like people taking care of each other who are all equal, um, which I don't think it's how it's really playing out in in most cases. I could be, I know, I don't think I'm wrong about that. Yeah. Uh, I think the way it's, it's working out is like middle-class upper middle-class people, middle-class people who feel guilty are kind of just working endlessly to keep driving diapers around Mm. and keep making food and, filling up fridges and stuff like that and people want the fucking food and they take the food or they take the coats or whatever they they take the diapers but then there's no um there's no organization being built that can ever you know challenge power or demand redistribution um it doesn't right. seem it doesn't seem like uh there's any urgency about that and that's why i mean the, the article that caused a big stir like it brought up AOC being like a huge proponent of mutual aid and that's that's happening, but I'm seeing also a lot of conservative politicians applauding mutual aid efforts. For mm. example, um, James Scoofus, who is in upstate New York, he's a state senator. The guy is funded by Airbnb and the real estate industry. You know, he's like the ulti- the ultimate corporate Democrat. 
and he's like he's applauding mutual aid because it enables austerity yeah yeah you know, if, there's pe- if there's people who are willing to work endlessly with no money you know just getting recognition is scoofus or- a republican he's a he's a democrat yeah so when you say like conservative He's a conservative, de- maybe I did, but he's a conservative Democrat. Yeah. I mean, well, that's, that's the thing now is that like, there he's, is, there is, uh, um, you know, a shift happening where the Democratic Party is becoming the, what was traditionally like the conservative, like the conservative party. It's, it's the party of the elites. It's the party of the rich people now. So yep. like, it doesn't even matter if you say like Democrat or Republican, like in, in all, for all things considered, he's a conservative liberal. And yep. I mean, he's an Airbnb Cuomo Democrat. So, right. and it, it speaks, it speaks to the, the world economic forum and the great reset where they talk about how in 2030, you're not going to own anything. And, you know, we've heard a long time about the sharing economy. And this is all, I think this is all part of it. Mutual aid fits perfectly into a world where we share everything. We share our homes with Airbnb, with Airbnb taking a cut. We share our car with Uber. Well, that's what's so dangerous about this kind of stuff is that it's like, it's so convenient for what's already happening, um, what's already being orchestrated by pe- the people in power is that it doesn't challenge their power in any way. If anything, and this article does bring this up, if anything, it, it, it helps them. Um, you know, there's a, there's a line, a passage in here that talks about um, if your work is visibly indistingu- indistinguishable from NGOs, capitalist firms, well-meaning religious groups, and even fascists, you cannot expect the political content to actually be different. No amount of plastering red flags changes this. Um, and, you know, this article is super critical of um, mutual aid, but it also doesn't just say mutual aid is just something we shouldn't do and th- throws it under the bus. Um, it talks about how these tactics have to be used in conjunction with efforts to build power and solidarity. These cannot just be a means to an end. The author brings up Fred Hampton and the Black Panthers and their work um, where they did mutual aid type things like um, the free breakfast program and whatnot. But they combined that with um, educating people about their foundational ideology. um, And like, it wasn't just about well, here we're gonna, you know, feed, feed you some meals and have a good, have a nice day. Uh, you know, it was part of a larger project of building trust and solidarity with people in order to then do the the much harder stuff, which is fight the power, <laughs> for yeah. lack of a, you know, to fight the power. And and yeah, it's and- it's very easy to, you know, the, the article also brings up how. It's just, it's easy to, to just do the, the fun, like, oh, we're just feeding people kind of like, you know, charity work and then just move on with, with their day because they get all the feel good vibes out of doing something like that. And it, it, that kind of stuff is intoxicating. It feels like a drug to like do all this feel good shit with other people. So it's easy to just kind of like get high off of that and then walk away and say, I don't want to have to think about anything else, but it, it play so, and then it plays perfectly into the, the existing paradigm of, of austerity that we're like slowly spiraling down. Yeah. And something interesting, um, separate from that article that I think is very related uh, there's a guy named Ramson Cannon who has written quite a lot about um, the coalitions and the, between socialist formations and NGOs. And um, I think he's kind of re- reaching the end of his rope too with this stuff. Um, because generally like the, the kind of person that is aware of the nonprofit industrial complex 
and is aware of the limitations of mutual aid, they, I'm sorry, uh, the limitations of nonprofit models, they're like, oh, well, we have to do mutual aid instead. But the thing is, uh, like, the, the mutual aid article kind of goes into what the Black Panthers did and how, how great that was. Um, but this guy, Ramson Cannon, did a, a really good series of tweets yesterday. Um, and he was talking about how people reach back to models from the 60s, like the Black Panthers, um, you know, saying that, well, this is the way to do it. But they're not real. They're not doing that with the understanding that since then, billions of dollars have been invested into NGOs um, to make those kind of models impossible. Like doing mutual aid today doesn't have the impact that it did back in the '60s, because in the '60s there wasn't this massive network of NGOs that were doing direct service to people. Um, right. So now, like in the '60s, may, you know, maybe maybe uh, feeding people and giving them coats in the '60s was revolutionary, but today you're just you're replicating the work that NGOs are doing, and the NGOs are doing it. Um, they can do it better. They can, they can do it better. They have way more money to do it. Um, you know, we have to find we have to find new ways to 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 inter interface with people. Um, and we can't, you know, the, the what's happening with socialists now and the left in general is that uh, they're doing the mutual aid because it's what they you know what they've been trained to do or they've been indoctrinated into doing. But they're doing it just hand in hand alongside NGOs that have completely different political goals. And when push comes to shove, the NGOs are going to, you know, they're they're going they they have just a completely different agenda from from socialists. And yeah. so it turns into this like addictive thing where it's like, well, I'm helping people, but you're not actually uh, building any power, and you're like you're building the power of NGOs for them. Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're doing if you've done any kind of organizing, like leftist organizing, um, whether it be with like IWW or DSA or some sort of like tenants union or, or whatever, any kind of leftist organizing, and I say quote unquote leftist organizing these days, um, you'll notice that you start to feel like an unpaid intern for NGOs. Because that's exactly what you are. That's exactly what everyone is doing by being a leftist organizer. Is you're like nothing is nothing. Nothing happens these days that that builds any kind of power for the working class, because all that energy has been subsumed by the nonprofit industrial complex. Any like I have I have not seen any kind and like I'm sure. Tons of people will be like, well, what about this thing? And what about this thing? And what about this thing? And like, maybe there are like a few things here and there, but I, I would say probably most of those things, if you looked just a little, you know, deeply into those things, you'd, you'd find out that it was somehow benefiting some sort of NGO that's funded by, by somebody. Um, I mean, I think the perfect example of that is uh, moms for the moms for housing stunt that happened this year, and I remember when that first happened, and I was like, I was like, yo, this is awesome, this fucking rocks. Like, look at these people. Fuck yeah, solidarity. Hell yeah. Only to like find out later in the year that like moms for housing is a fucking novo joint, and you know this is this is a a playbook in order to um, achieve their goals uh, as far as like manipulating, you know, government, you know, local governments and local laws. And they're not, they're not doing this stuff to like build power for the working class. These are all just like stunts and media and spectacle. Yeah. It's a, it's a new form of patronage. I think when people talk about patronage, uh, they're thinking about a traditional political model where there's a party machine, a party boss, and then people fall in line because they want jobs and they want 
favors and stuff like that. Um, the explosion of NGOs and the explosion of funding has created this nationwide patronage network where, um, you know, I mean, obviously, like getting decommodifying housing, getting people in houses is what we should want. But like, we have to ask ourselves, why didn't Moms for Housing kick off a nationwide revolution of people who are yeah. squatting in houses? Because if everyone did that at once, they wouldn't be able to stop it. Everyone, we'd have a new like social order. But right. the thing is, like, it was it's tailored and it's uh, it was a one-off thing. Yeah, it's it's manufactured to be a one-off thing to launch a new nonprofit. Yep. That then is paid to like manage the movement and maybe in a year they'll do another spectacle. Yeah. Um, you know, and I know, I, I think in another town, they just did another spectacle somewhere. I can't remember where LA maybe where they occupied like a few dozen la land bank houses. I'm sure we'll um, be seeing some here in Kingston any day yeah. now. <laughs> as soon as they find the, the, the right people to, uh, to do it. Yep. Um, yeah, but yeah, that's the thing. It's like, it's not about, and same thing with patronage network. Like that's the limitation of patronage networks. It's not. It's not about delivering material results for populations. It's about creating a patronage network where some people get some things, and not about the goals of the movement. And so, this whole mutual aid and NGO discussion if people really had an honest appraisal of it um they wouldn't be they wouldn't be they wouldn't be behaving the way that they are i mean a great example like in new york state um you know there's the the working families party and like all those kind of related ngos um socialists should be fucking like very <laughs> very scared of these groups a year ago, we had we had the, a democratic socialist, kind of a market socialist, running, um, who would have delivered amazing results for the working class and spoken to uh, so many disaffected people. But those NGOs, they all they endorsed Elizabeth Warren, and then when any uh, based on a, a vote that clearly the, the rank and file members wanted Bernie. Uh, and then when socialists complained and asked to see the vote totals, they were all called racists. Yep. But now socialists are like, oh, yeah, we need to work side by side with these NGOs that were calling us racists last year because yeah. a socialist candidate was running. We need to work side by side with them to do mutual aid and help them uh, raise money and make sure they stay on the ballot line. It's like, what what the fuck are we doing then? If, like, <laughs> if you know, it's, it just seems... You know how how are we going to motivate and energize like the disaffected working class out there if they see us just getting treated like bitches by the working families party? Yeah, working families party is so bad. And yeah, if you take a step back, you can like see these patronage networks so easily. If you just sort of it's like a one of those magic eye posters, you just shift your vision just. To, slightly and you're like oh fuck there i see it like there's a whole like yeah. thing going on here um i mean you could see with aoc how she's like falling in line with you know warren and the working families party and and all this crap and like it was like oh it's so exciting when she won because she's you know a dsa card carrying dsa socialist and yada yada but i mean she's falling right in line and that's like you can't even pin it on like oh well she's just a bad she's a bad person and she should do better it's like this is just this how the system works and we have to stop like pinning it on the fact that like oh well if i were aoc i would have like done it better and you know stuck to my guns you know i even the same criticism with bernie like it it doesn't matter like this is how the system works and we will we waste so much time trying to like criticize like individuals like AOC or Bernie saying, Oh, they're just shitty or whatever. When our time would be better spent saying, well, this is how the system like perpetuates this shit. And how can we like work around it so that 
our future, you know, electoral candidates don't fall into the same pit. Nobody is ever asking these questions. They're just saying, oh, well, Bernie's just a bitch and shit like that. And it's, it's such a waste of time, you know, and I, I was thinking like part of this um, tweet that Ramson Cannon did yesterday that I really like gravitated towards was his quote, you know, this part about money and movements is like gravity. And the closer you get to its source, the more it warps and distorts you around every corner and on every issue, even the language and the words we use come from this world. Everything is inverted. It can be despairing. So like, it's so close. And like you and I both tweeted the same thing because it's like we immediately think of Peter Buffett and his, you know, what he said about how the money creates this dynamic that's disastrous for real learning. And it's like so spot on. It's fucking annoying that he said that because it's like accurate and it's annoying that he doesn't realize or maybe he does realize and he's like playing this fucking game where he just says says the obvious shit to like get the heat off his his you know back or whatever but like yeah the the this is why like the revolution will not be funded this is why we can't beat them at their own game this is why we have to build power in our own, you know, our own ways. Because if we try to build power through the system, we're literally just recreating the system. We're just making our own like brand, yeah. our own flavor of capitalism that's more appealing to us. So we need to like constantly be saying, well, you know, what is this system that we're replicating? And let's stop fucking doing that. You know, it's funny, like, the responses to both Ramson Cannon and also to the um, Mutual Aid article, pretty they, were, they weren't uh, exactly the same, but um, there was a common theme about, like, what would you do differently? What's the right way then? Yeah. And... Uh, That's my favorite various- response. To various degrees, <laughs> to various degrees, like the Gussel, the mutual aid guy, um, you know, his he he his defense was that he still does mutual aid and that he believes in it still, and just that we need to do it better. Uh, Ramson Cannon, he you know, I, I think I track more along with his line that I think is something that both of us have said, which is that there is no answer. We have to keep we have to identify the problem first. Um, you know, our line is always like, if anyone is answering this question, they're trying to sell you something. I like how that conveniently became our line. <laughs> you stole All it right. from me. I stole it from you. Yeah. We'll... <laughs> Stealing valor once again. Yeah. Well, I, I'm taking credit. Yeah. Uh, That's all right. I'm used to it. <laughs> um, yeah. Just like every, everyone wants, everyone wants to, and this is always, this is, what I see in response to your videos too on YouTube is when um, you criticize a systemic issue and a, a mimetic issue, like something that is a meme or a value that is filtering down and reproducing itself in all these interesting ways. Um, and people always take it as like, well, it's either, it's either a personal attack or you need to give me the solution that I can do right now or else I'm going to poop in my diaper and <laughs> call you a class reductionist. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And they, but the answer is like, we can't, we, the thing is like, there is nothing to do. We have to like, we have to watch this and we need to put, put the word out there as, as much as we can without getting killed. Yeah. Uh, you know, without, without getting, without getting uh, strangled by a, you know, a piano wire by Peter Buffett or something. <laughs> uh, you know, we we just have to put the word out there that like this uh, the the NGOs, um, the 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 things, the romantic visions of the left that we might have. You know, for IWW people, it might be a hundred years ago or one hundred and twenty years ago. You know, the Haymarket Square stuff and um, you know, Bill Bill Big Bill Hayward and shit like that. Other people have visions of the 60s of like uh, a social revolution. Um, 
where the Black Panthers giving out food to people was this revolutionary act. But since then, like the conditions have changed so much. And I think people want to take the shortcut um, of not having to do materialist analysis and just say of their current conditions and just saying, well, this is what people did a hundred years ago or 50 years ago. And that's what I'm going to do. Um, yeah. Because that's socialism. And that's not, it's not what it's about. It's like about having a material analysis, at least to me, it's, it's about having a material analysis of like what's going on right now and like who, who's controlling it and what markets are being created. I think people just get so lost in history. And I mean, it's, it's really important to have like an understanding of what has happened so that we can avoid it in the future, you know, avoid the mistakes of the past in the future. But at the same time, people get hung up on the past, which is why they think that like Nazis are going to come back dressed up, you know, with like Hitler mustaches and like be just these like character, like cartoon characters of like, racists and it it's like ridiculous like that why why would that just co- like why would that come back again and be like super fucking obvious like yeah. this shit like authoritarianism and fascism and all that shit it's not going to come back and be like super obvious and it's the same thing with like how how do we like combat combat it on not it not fascism but how do we like how do how do we further leftist causes um by just larping as like what we saw from the past of who i forget who we're listening to recently where they were making fun of just listening to like woody guthrie songs and shit and like that's like being a leftist is just like listening to woody guthrie and like you you have to like i mean it's fine to romanticize the past a little bit for, you know nostalgia and enjoying it but then you know you also have to come to terms with like well what is what is reality what is the reality we are living in right now what are the like analogous things to the past to the past struggles that we can see now how how has the game changed because it's changed dramatically we have lost so much i mean we had a, a much stronger left like a hundred years ago to, you know, and it's been slowly dying. And why is that? Why is it slowly dying? Because the other side is, is winning because capitalism is winning and it's changing and it's morphing in order to preserve itself. And we're not going to like have fucking answers by cracking open like these old ass fucking books and LARPing around like, fucking historical reenactors it's not gonna fucking happen you know what's funny too is like the the difference that you can see when when you take an analysis from people who are operating on a material an honest materialist analysis where they're saying like i'm looking around at the things around me and i'm trying to understand different power structures and then there are people there's so many people, and this is part of the problem. This is like, aside from NGOs, is that um, our attention is uh, a marketplace, and there are many people who are just um, existing to talk about stuff and to sell, sell different aesthetics and different versions of liberalism to us uh, with different optics. And I kind of saw this, um, you know, Sean McCarthy and Carl Bezier we're tweeting back and forth a little bit and Sean said some stuff that I agreed with. Like, obviously, um, you know, he, he said, he said something that I think we'd both agree with that only people who can look at the tactics, um, the only people who can look at the tactics the left has used this last decade and say, there's a story of success are either cynical or delusional shit is a lot worse than it was in 2010. Occupy is the fork in the road moment. The left chose the wrong road. I agree with that. Then Carl Bezier did the classic, like, well, what would you do differently? Um, and Sean McCarthy, you know, I think it kind of revealed, like, what this, what this post-left or, you know, post-left, dirtbag-left thing is kind of selling an aesthetic, too, because he's like, well, 
no progressive stack. That's the first thing he said. Like that's not the pro- that's not the problem. Like I think there's much bigger problems than that. Um, you know, no politics except break up too big to fail and stop the foreclosures. Actual leadership to enforce the line. And it's like that. I mean, to me, that's like that's just another aesthetic that yeah. he's selling, right? Because he's kind of an online personality. Um, well, that's always what ha- it happens, right? Is that like that question always gets asked whenever you're criticizing something and you're saying, "Hey, there is a fatal flaw here," or doing some sort of analysis or critique. Is people will say, "Oh, you know that knee jerk reaction." of, well, what do, you, what do you think is the better answer? Or maybe they're nice about it and they're, they're like, well, what do you think we should do? You know, and they, they ask it in a very good faith manner, but you feel like you have to come up with some sort of answer. The fact that you've like yeah. identified a problem means you're smart, right? So because you're so smart, well, what's your answer? And you feel this like anxiety, like I, I have to come up with an answer for it. But the, the thing is like, if anybody had the right fucking answers, we'd be doing them. We'd, we'd be doing them. You know, like the point is that like, nobody knows, you know, nobody is an expert. Is this like myth, mythology of like expertise that like, there's somebody out there who has all the right answers. You know, yeah. we're all just like, these dumb primates who are just trying to like figure shit out together. And the thing is like, we figure things out way better when we actually like give each other respect, work with each other and, and aren't trying to constantly use each other as stepping stones to climb to the top. If we can just say, you know what? maybe I don't totally disagree with you or disagree with you, but I appreciate the fact that you're, you're pointing things out that we, that are critical because so much of the time we like dilute, we delude ourselves into thinking that we're making some sort of progress and it's like a huge cope. Yeah. It's a huge cope. And like, I mean, I don't blame people for doing that because it's like depressing as hell to reel it to like put your brain in reality and like come to terms with what the fuck is going on. It's, it's scary and it's depressing and the temptation to feel like to take that copium and feel like you're, you're, what you're doing is helping. It's the the temptation is so strong, but the problem is that like that temptation is, is preventing us from making any progress. I don't know. I mean, I, I feel I feel progress when uh, Monday morning, like I watch a Sean video, <laughs> then I listen to a Chapo episode, <laughs> then I go do mutual aid, and then I make calls and donate to Stacey Abrams nonprofit in Georgia because we need we need the majority in the Senate. Alex, you are living living the lifestyle. <laughs> that is. Well, we, we had a dang Cheeto in the White House, so <laughs> I'm just doing what I can. You got to make sure to buy your T-shirts that, that like say like all your political statements to just make sure everyone knows that that's your lifestyle right now. Well, what was that shirt that AOC is selling where it says like, I, I drink water and I'm not racist oh or something like that? <laughs> Don't forget to drink water and not be racist. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh man, like. Just imagine like the uh, the pay pigs that are buying that. Saying, like so true. You know the irony of like me saying all this stuff is I'm literally wearing a shirt right now from like the North Texas DSA that says luxury automated, fully automated luxury space communist queer space <laughs> communism. Oh yeah, yeah. Sean McCarthy would would hate that. He said, <laughs> "You need to burn that shirt, bro." No, I, and I'm not I saying I'll give him the benefit of the doubt too. It's a total trap. I think it's a total trap by establishment people like Car- those in Carl world uh, who will say like, well, wh- what are you going to do? Like I, I write a Jacobin, so I'm doing something. Um, you know, it's a, it's a trap. It's a rhetorical trap to say, yeah. like, what would you do differently? Yeah. Because the, the thing is, I, I think, and I think this is, this is like the uh, Alex Gray galaxy brain level of materialist analysis is that the things that are happening in this world are not within our control 
And I think the, the amount of control that elites have over this world is far greater than it's ever been in any point in human history. And the more, the more that people start to understand that, and I think the, the mutual aid article and the Ramson Cannon tweets and his work in general, um, you know, these thing, these things are, are tiny, tiny drops of water. Um, that are are like in this desert because the vast majority of people are just like not aware of it um and they think that building up subscribers sub- subscriber count or getting dsa to 100,000 members is some kind of progress like yeah it's not you know there's a, a realignment happening a reset if you will uh that is far beyond our comprehension and our ability to to steer it in any kind of direction we just, we kind of just have to like wait and see what happens and like see the new formation of people that's out there and do our fucking best to to like to work with them against the those you know lizard people at davos yeah they're they're the real enemies yeah well and to like go back to to t-shirts again what what's funny is like there was an, another big t-shirt um media blitz this week i don't know if you saw the red red scare podcast chicks like oh yeah put out put out like a t-shirt oh no they like had it for a while but like one of their a picture of one of them wearing the what is it the isis logo or something (laughs) (laughs) which is like it's hilarious it's like who but that's the thing is like and both of these things were like you know they got you know they they drew a lot of attention they got a lot of media buzz, but at the end of the day, who gives a shit? They're fucking, they're t-shirts, they're with it's logos. Marketing. It's all marketing. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you're wearing a dumb AOC shirt, a dumb DSA shirt, a dumb ISIS shirt. Like all this shit does like, does not fucking matter at all. No, the, the left is about trigger. Yeah. It's about, <laughs> it's about different fandoms triggering other fandoms. Yeah. That's what a- AOC fans get off on triggering you know uh marco rubio fans or something like that and yeah like red scare fans get off on triggering like chapo fans and yeah. shit like that <laughs> although i don't know maybe they're kind of in the same boat but yeah bread let's say red scare people get off on triggering bread dude people and it's all different fandoms and all you know also i think some people took the beginning of your bread your most recent bread tube video as like Oh, you know, the uh, the Chapo and uh, what, what was the other the um, True Anon people are like elevated and better than BreadTube somehow. It's just a different fan. It's a, a different flavor. It's like Sony versus Xbox. Totally. You know. Totally. Yeah, I mean, I know, and a lot of people took offense to the the fact that I like edited Cat Black to say that she loves BreadTube. But she does. I mean, she fucking. Yeah. I would. I would love bread tube if I was cat black too. But yeah, I mean, it's all just. It's all just different forms of um, media demographics, and uh, it doesn't fucking matter. There, there. Chapo is not superior to bread tube. Is superior to. It's. It's like silly. Yeah, and it's depressed. I think it's depressing. It's depressing. I mean, I think my my uh, my black pill or my like depression comes in when I see like these people can't even realize that the stuff that they care about are like just different marketing demographics against each other. Well, I feel like, like yeah, I, go ahead. I feel like this conversation happened in the '90s where people would be like, "Well, I listen to alternative rock. <laughs> oh, well, I I hate country music, and like." the cool people would be like, well, I, I just like music. It doesn't matter what fucking genre it's in. Cause like, it's all just music and it doesn't matter. And like, and like, if you like this song by Britney Spears, like that doesn't make you a bad person. Enjoy what you enjoy. It doesn't fucking matter. It's all just like, it's, it's consumer activity. And like, Mm -hmm. there's nothing wrong with consuming things where human beings were meant to consume food and water and art and all kinds of things 
the the point is like don't turn don't turn that into your like identity to the point where you that's all you can think about is you can't think outside of like performing your identity constantly and by what you consume yeah and pointing pointing that stuff out and you know it's it's something too like i said earlier about how the people at Davos, anyone that attends davos is the real enemy um and i think i think if i were to ask the vast majority of leftists that you know do you think the people at davos are like the real enemies and that we're all, you know, we should all be unified against them. I think most people would agree with that. It's an agreeable notion. You'd think, um, you'd think, I, I think so. I think, <laughs> I think so. I think in, in, in an abstract, I mean, I've, I've literally asked local DSA people like, you know, don't you agree that, that Peter Buffett is bad? And they'll be like, well, I don't know. Maybe he's not so bad. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, well, but I think it, but if he did, the problem was he used a name. Like, if you just say in general, like, do you think that nonprofit industrial complex is problematic? Do you think billionaires are problematic? I think the vast majority of people would say yes. But that's that's the issue is that, um, you know, whether we're talking about BreadTube versus podcasts or we're talking about um, Anita Sarkeesian versus, uh, you know, right. Right. Different well, kinds of, of right. It's not about Peter. Or, it's not yeah. about Peter Buffett as an individual human being, because as an individual human being, he's probably fine. You know, I always say like he's he comes off to me as just some like old hippie boomer dude, which who is totally inoffensive and like I don't yeah. give a shit about. The problem is like how much power is um, consolidated in this one individual who happens to be this dude. Right. Well, yeah. And that, and that's the thing is that everyone, what everyone wants to do. And yeah, I'm sure he's listening to this, but uh, what everyone wants, and I'll say this like to him and to anyone else, like what everyone wants to do is when you criticize something and you're making a systemic critique, they want to say, well, what would you do differently? Or is there another uh, is there another brand that I can choose that is that I can support that's better? And so for billionaires, that means like, well, if he's bad, then that means that the folks at uh, decolonizing wealth are better. Or, you know, if um, if Anita Sarkeesian is bad, then well, I need to watch Jim Sterling videos. Or if um, if DSA is bad, you know, at mutual aid, then I need to join the folks at IWW. And that's like that's not the point. And that and that's like that's kind of the annoying, annoying thing that might, might doom, you know, might doom us against the great reset and against the Davos freaks is that everyone is, everyone is trained in this kind of market thinking where if you credit, if you critique something or you see something wrong with something, it's because you're about to sell them something better and you're about to make the case for something, you know, a different, a different flavor that's better and not, you're not ma- you're not just making a systemic critique and using an example to point out the the flaws in the system. Um, it sucks, you know. It totally sucks. <laughs> yeah. Well, this guy Gus uh, Gus Breslauer, I hope I'm saying his name right, who wrote "Mutual Aid: A Factor of Liberalism." It's a really great uh, article, and I recommend to anybody out there. Um, it's on uh, a blog called regenerationmag.org. Um, and he got a lot of flack for this article from people. And you know what? I think that when people get flack like that, it's worth looking into because usually when people get that kind of flack, they're challenging power in some way. They're making people uncomfortable. And we have to be, we have to lean into our discomfort a little bit if we want to have any kind of progress. And I, I think that like, that goes back to what we were talking about before about grill pilling versus and doing the work and all that is that, and, and doing the, the feel good charity stuff is that we need to sort of, we can do the good things that make us feel good, but we also need to, lean into the pain a little bit and not get not just like 
get addicted to the just the feel good parts of it unless we want to and then we can just all you know slip into our like our wally cocoons and <laughs> and uh just enjoy the great reset and just watch netflix for the rest of our lives and while the you know while the underclass just gets grind ground down i don't know i don't know it's fucking hard man yeah yeah i mean i think like what it all to try to sum it up too is that like all the all these things that you described like these competing ideas or these competing coping mechanisms um they're all they're all they all just create little pockets of of copium or little pockets of of something uh without it with and they're completely i think in in today's world like the reason why these things don't work anymore is because uh they're completely consumed and co-opted in the cradle like before before it even can become a thing it's completely it can be completely co-opted um so with without even a grand conspiracy or a grand decision being made it's just that like you know all, all of us like all of us grow up with a romantic vision of what protesting looks like like kids right now are watching black lives matter um and they're thinking oh well this is this is what this is what works this is like what protesting is this is what uh fighting the power is is like walk you know going on a walk i hope the they're not thinking that i think i think they are i think and i think that they're seeing a vision of um you know they're going to get taught like the 1619 project and um you know white fragility and diversity equity and inclusion type things um and it's it's going to become something you know whatever your opinion is on those things like it's going to become what's reproduced by them um in the future when they have a chance to author something themselves and you know it is that's how it is like and well, accepting that's de- that that's yeah, depressing you, as fuck you gotta accept that i refuse to accept that it's liber it's liberating to accept it though you're you're coping it's liberating <laughs> to accept it lean into the pain and just say like this this is what's happening and like we're power we're powerless to stop it we have to like kind of wait and see like where where this all goes yeah well i think we're we have to re- recognize i don't want to say like we're just powerless and i don't want to be nihilistic about it but i i want to be real about when our i want to be real about when our efforts are not working and not like keep spinning the wheels because I'm t- I'm too like proud to admit that what I what I've put my my energy and effort into hasn't worked, you know. Like, um, have some humility and and recognize like when when things aren't working, rather than doubling down, you know. Yeah, you know what's a funny what's a funny like thing, it's like. I think I'm pretty sure AOC and the squad at some point they they voted against the or you know the Democrats did not accept Trump's like offer of a second round of stimulus checks and now AOC is like pumping up mutual aid and all this other shit it's like that's utterly it's, disgusting it's this whole thing of like well we you know we can take care of ourselves better than like any any checks ever would it's like that doesn't pay my like getting like a plate of food doesn't pay my rent you know it doesn't uh ugh. it pisses me uh, off because like <laughs> these the people who do this shit too that do this mutual aid shit usually come from like a a more economically stable situation where they're able to do this kind of stuff so it's it's like they don't care as much about getting a stimulus or whatever because they don't need it as much and they can they can kind of like lean into this feel good like oh i'm taking care of people trump bad well i'll i think that people at least from what i what i've observed is that like people do 
people do nice things and help each other out all the time. Yeah. You know, at, at all, at all like economic levels, but the people that make the biggest deal about calling it mutual aid are not the, the poor people. They're the, right. they're the people that are in academia or right. PMC or people who are angling for jobs at NGOs. That's... They're the only motherfuckers that are like, you know, sharing the Dean Spade article and insisting that it's like, yes, this, this is mutual aid. And like, you know, that's exactly it because (laughs) our fucking, our fucking next door neighbor, when COVID like first hit and he got laid off of his job and he was home and he was bored, you know, and he, our gutter was like messed up. And like one day he just fucking fixed it and he didn't even ask us. He's like, oh, you know, I had nothing to do. And I just like saw your gutter was messed up. So I fixed it. Yeah. He wasn't going around being like, I did mutual aid. You know, yeah. he <laughs> <laughs> like that would be ridiculous. Well, what he did was indistinguishable from what, how mutual aid is done. Right. You know, he, right. he did, he did something and like, We'll, you know, I, I, I got him some beer, but like, you know, if he ever needs anything, I'll do something for him in the future. Right. It ain't, it ain't mutual aid folks. Like it's just, <laughs> I mean, you know, yeah, you can, I mean, you can look, you can call it mutual aid, but like the thing right. is, it's one of these things, one of these terms that's entered the lexicon of like this, like bougie PMC, like le- leftist sphere of you know, Latinx and all that. And it's just a like, it's, term. it's alienating. It's like, it just, it's divisive. It, it, yeah. It's n- normal person repellent. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If I sent him like, if I gave him a pamphlet afterwards where I was like, you know, now we, you showed up for me and we can show up for each other and yeah, you know, in solidarity Right, uh, he would be like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Like, I know. No, he would be. He'd be nice about. It. He'd be like, "Okay, <laughs> yeah." But he, but yeah, it would be. It would be like right, right. There was no, there was no power being built. There was a bond being built between like two neighbors, but uh, we're not. We're not going to go and like demand something from the state together now. <laughs> right, right. But yeah, like yeah, the people that care the most about this stuff are like are trying to sell something in some way hey you've been listening to the space commune podcast i'm fox i'm alex and um you should go check out this article by gus breselauer called mutual aid a factor of liberalism on the regeneration mag.org you can follow us on twitter at space commune you can find me on Twitter, Fox G Green. I'm on Twitter as Alex SPCM. You should pick an, an a harder Twitter name to like. <laughs>